Hey, this is Eric Olivares, pastor at Axios Church in Lakeland, Florida, and this is our podcast. Axios' mission is to point people to Jesus so they can find worth and purpose in God. We hope this message encourages you and uplifts you throughout your week. Enjoy the message. You're taking a little nap. It's like a babysitting service for your kids for a good, you know, two minutes. That's why we like that it, whenever you're in the middle of the summer and the kids are like, I want to go on Dumbo. No, no. You know what's a good, let's go to Mickey Philharmonic. It's 3D, it pops out on you, you know? But the 3D concept is is something that pops out of the screen. It's something that that stands out from other dimensions, two dimensions, one dimension. So in this series, we want to truly take the Bible and let it pop out at us. Let's God's word really pop out because we can read it as a two-dimensional, one-dimensional and just read words and lines on a piece of paper. But the word of God is meant to pop out, out and to really transform our lives. If you're reading the word of God and it doesn't wreck you, you're reading it wrong. Because sometimes when I'm reading the word, I mean, we're not talking about Leviticus and all that stuff, okay? We understand it's a little, it's a little hard to read those. But some of those Bible verses, when you really see the context and really see what God is saying, man, it pops out and it transforms your life. So we understand that culture wants us to look at at religion in a one-dimensional, two-dimensional way. They just want to say all the bad things about it. But I'm here to tell you that the word of God is still alive. The word of God is still active. And the word of God is still for you today. And if we're not reading it and we're not soaking into the words, we're only living by other people's opinions or what culture tells us. And we understand that culture is forever changing. But we serve a God that never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So those are the things I want to pop out in my life for it to be three-dimensional so I can touch it. Sometimes it's, it, you, you want to just a tangible move of God, a tangible uh, just things that I can touch. His word is something that sometimes when you read it, it's like, man, it really hurts me. It really encourages me. And that's the tangible presence of the Holy Spirit as we read the word, it's 3D, it's popping out in us. Do you understand? I want to remind you this. Our word of the year is there is more. There is more for your life. There is more for this church. There is more for your kids. There is more for your future. There is more. God is doing more exceedingly, abundantly more in this place. So as we are reminded about what the word of the year is, we need to see that everything we need comes through his word and his word and his principles from the from his word and his blessings comes out in a different light as it pops out for our life to live life in the abundance you cannot just love and operate versions of god that that fits your agenda let me say that again you cannot just love and use versions of god that fits your agenda There is multiple versions of God that he shows us through his word. It doesn't mean he changes, but there's different things that he shows us about his character, about his personality, about different principles, that if we don't see the fullness of God, we're only going to live for him in one dimension. 
We're only going to live with him by all the things that we, that he just encourages us. If you read the Old Testament, it was not all about encouragement. Most of the time, it was, you're doing this bad, you're doing this bad. But thank God there's a cross and grace came. But there is still principles we can learn through his word. And if we're not seeing the fullness of God, we're only seeing parts that just fit our life. But do you understand that there's different versions of God that you might not like, but it's totally beneficial for your life? Because there's a God of love, but there's also a God of wrath. And if we don't see the both and see how he uses both, we can't see the fullness of what he's doing in our life. It's God in 3D. See, this series, we're going to talk through different variations of God's character so we can see a better indication and bring light to the scriptures that he's talking through our lives to appreciate God more through the good times and through the bad times. When we see the full, uh, when we see him fully, we don't question him partially with our authority, our presence, and the role he has in our life. If we don't see him in the fullness of who he is, we're always going to question him. We're always going to say, why, God, you're doing this? It's because there's different areas, there's different things that God does that is beneficial for your life, but it hurts you. It makes you, it challenges you, but it's the fullness of God. I need to see God in 3D. Let's start, let's start off strong. Let's talk about two topics that we see God in his character, but also um, that it brings out to light um, of what he wants to use in our life. Number one, he's the God of the pressure. This is very encouraging. He's the God of the pressure. I'm not saying he's going to bring these horrible things to your life, but he uses pressure at times to change your character. The pressure. Anybody ever been under pressure before? Under pressure. Anybody has been in a little bit of, of pressure in life where things out of nowhere just pop up and you're under pressure. What happens to you when pressure comes? What happens to your character when pressure comes? What happens to your, your faith and your, and your voice when pressure comes? Because God at times uses pressure to grow you in an area that you want to hide that you want to put away, that you want to not let anybody see or not even deal with because, because it, I can just do and be a mundane thing. I can just be a robot and do the days in and mundane life. But I'm here to tell you, God has called you to live a life and life to the fullest and life in the abundance. And if you don't want to deal with these pressures in life, you're only going to fall to the pressures in life. Pressure. Pressure. See, in the Bible, they use a lot of, uh, they use wine, wine in the Bible a lot. Um, and it's probably not the same wine that we, that we, we talk about today, you know what I'm talking about. You know, you crazy people. I see your Instagrams, okay? We're praying for you, all right? We still love you. <laughs> but the Bible talks about grapes. This thing's full of grapes. I, I need a volunteer real fast. All right, uh, Alex, go, 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 go in the back. Get ready. 
I literally said, don't put any attention to yourself. Okay. A grape in his normal form, that's fine. In his normal form looks like this, right? But in the Bible, it talks about how they used wine for different things, for cooking, for drinking, for, for multiple things. They even used it sometimes even for some medicines and stuff like that. They, they just use those, those great things. Okay. Just wait back there. I'll wait back there. Okay. <laughs> this illustration's going great. Turn off the cameras. I'm just kidding. The Bible, you, the Bible talks about grapes and, and how they are transformed into a liquid that eventually becomes wine, eventually becomes grapefruit. But in this state of the grape, it can't be fulfilled into what it needs to be without a little bit of pressure. In this state, it's just a grape. But when it's crushed and under pressure, it becomes sweet wine. So how they used to, now you can come, Alex, all right? How they used to do is they used to take grapes and their dirty feet, you can go into the thing, and apply, keep on going, keep on going until I stop. They keep, keep on going, you hear that? They keep on applying pressure to, that's fine. They keep on applying pressure, keep on going. They apply the pressure so then the grapes can become a liquid and in the state that they wanted it to be. That is disgusting. It is disgusting. It probably tastes good. You're good. Give it up for Alex. Go. So now if you look at this, I see a, a bunion, I see a corn. Toenails in there. Maybe I should have told you to get a, what is that, manicure? Panicure? I don't know what it is. Pedicure, there he goes. But now it's become a liquid. Because the pressure was applied. Maybe God has gotten you to this point of becoming whole in him. But the substance on the inside that he wants to use you needs to come out. And the only way that can happen is pressure is applied. And we're fighting the pressure because we think it's not of God. But what if God wanted to use the pressure to make you even more fruitful in life? Yes, God has gotten me to this point. But God is trying to get you from glory to glory to glory. There is a progression to your life. But if you're just stuck in one state of mind, when you're stuck in one state of how I just always used to do this, I, my, I, this is how I grew up, and you're just stuck here, what God has on the inside of you can never come out because you can't handle the pressure. You can't handle the pressure. In John chapter 15, it talks about this vine and these branches. Let's go to 15 verse 1. It says, I am the real vine, and my father is the farmer. He cuts off every branch of me that doesn't bear grapes. And every branch that is grape-bearing, he prunes back so it can bear more fruit. Let me stop right there. Even when you're producing, God can still prune. 
Why do they prune even when it's producing? They prune to grow more fruit. So I'm here to tell you that even in the bad times in life, the, the times where you're cursing, the times where you question God, the times where you say, God, are you far away? Those are the times where God can grow you the more and grow you even more and grow you even more. But you have to be aware that pressure produces greatness. Pressure produces more. See, but this is what we want as believers. We want a God that only grants us whenever we want. God, give me the most comfortable life possible. I don't want any pressure. Matter of fact, I've seen a house on the river or on the, on the, on the beach. That's great. Give me all the desires of my heart. If God really gave you the desires of your heart, you'd be the most selfish, prideful person there is. Oh, but, but I'll have more money to give. If you can't give right now when you have less, you ain't going to give more when you have more. Because it's not about what the, the amount is. It's about the heart. It's about the heart. See, the, the essence of the, uh, of the process of making a grape into wine is the crushing. So we want to stay in this state, but God wants us to produce in a different form. Some of you are like, oh, this is the real stuff? No, non-alcoholic. What if God... See, in this bottle, probably thousands of grapes were crushed to make a liquid. What if God wants to give you a life of the abundance, but you're so stuck on, I don't want to be crushed as this? Let us sit on that for a minute. God wants to overflow in your life, to use you in a different way. Yeah, you, you, might, you might have done some things that, that don't, don't please him, but I'm here to tell you, God still uses people that don't have it all together. Oh, I, I am trying to get it all right, and then I'll come to church. That's backwards. Oh, I'm just going to get my life right, and then, and then I'll give God my heart. No, 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 do it now. Disciples, they were jacked up men. What if God was like, hey, Peter, before you become my disciple, why don't you go, um, go work on that lying issue that you have first? When you're done, come back. Hey, hey um, Thomas, you know, you, you're, you can be my disciple, but that doubting issues that you have, Go get counseling for it first, then I'll be waiting here. Nothing will be moving in the, in the kingdom of God. God says, come as you are, and I can use you as you are, and I can, you can be fruitful as you are. But as you go in this process, you got to probably change some things in your life. There, there might be a little bit of pressure applied. So God wants, you, God wants to use you in the abundance in a different state, but you're so stuck here because you don't want pressure to be applied. Pressure makes us better. Pressure makes us better. The essence of the growth, the, the process is they pick the grape, they crush it, they press it to extract the juice, they leave it to be fermented in natural yeast, and it becomes wine. Do you know God wants to do great things for you? but the greatness comes only from 
pressure in how we handle it. Who's a man in the Bible that had to deal with pressure and embraced pressure? You ever heard of the man named Daniel? Daniel, lion's den? Talk about pressure. This is a guy that was doing everything right in a land that wasn't his. He was in exile into Babylon. So he already had the cards um, stacked against him. But he had so much favor that he rose up in ranks and was about to be the one in charge of the land. That's favor. But then one day, we had a, anybody had a little bit of haters in your life? They had some men that probably were jealous of, da of Daniel, saw that he rose up in ranks, saw that he had favor in the eyes of the king, and they wanted to catch him in an act of disobedience to the land that they were living in. Because they knew that Daniel was a faithful follower of Jesus Christ. They knew that Daniel will wake up each and every day, he will pray, he would, not, he would not give credit to himself. He will give credit to God. I mean, he was a faithful follower of God. So the only way they can catch him is by for him doing what he's doing on a normal basis and turn it around to make it bad. So what they do, they went to King. They said, hey, let's make this decree and let's change the, the land's um, laws that anybody that doesn't worship you, King, will be thrown in the lion's den because you're a great king. See, the king, when, when people start praising you, your head starts getting a little big. This is what happened. Even though king, the, the, I, the king, um, was it Nebuchadnezzar? Yes, King Nebuchadnezzar um, loved Daniel, saw favor in Daniel. When Avi started getting praised, it didn't matter what anybody said. So you say, yeah, that, that, that decree sounds really good. Everybody starts worshiping me. Let's keep reading here in Daniel chapter 6, verse 5. It says, then Daniel came um, disgusted above, uh, distinguished above all the other high officials because an excellent spirit he had within him. What if you each and everyone had an excellent spirit that people only need to promote us? There's no other option because the spirit in you is excellent. That's another sermon series. And the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. Then the high officials sought out on to find grounds to complain against Daniel with regards to the kingdom so they could find no grounds for complaints for any fault because he was faithful and no error or fault was found in him. And then these men said, we shall, not, we shall not find any grounds or complaints against Daniel unless we find it is connection to the law of his God. Daniel was doing what he knew was right in the eyes of God, and God was elevating him in the season he was in. But then the haters came and started putting things against him. How does this affect us in 2023? In culture that is ungodly, all the pressures around, it shouldn't de detour our purpose of serving God. Because Daniel had one mission 
and that was to serve his God. And just because now pressure is applied doesn't mean that changes. See, sometimes we're like, oh, everything's going to, to, to all, it's, it's all bad and everything. But guess what? God is still God. It shouldn't change who we are. Just because culture changes, we serve a God that doesn't change. It shouldn't change our position in him. It shouldn't change what we say to people because our kingdom that we serve is a kingdom that shall not be shaken. And Daniel knew that. He knew that these pressures are about to come. Pressure exposes character. Let me say that again. Pressure exposes character and exposes who you trust. We all know some people that when pressure was applied, that was not planned. When pressure was applied, their character just changes. Everything about them changes. Because they feel like the pressure needs to change who they are. Oh, thank you. <laughs> but pressure shouldn't change you. Pressure should change the direction of your life, of how you trust, people, trust God more, of how you rely on him more. Because pressure shouldn't just change us. Uh, and then let's keep on going with the, with, with the verse. It says this in, in chapter 6, verse 10 and 11. It says, when Daniel knew of the document that was signed, he went to his house where he had the window, window in the upper chambers open towards Jerusalem. And he got down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before God as he has done previously. So what happened? Just because things changed around Daniel, Daniel's position never changed. He always got in a position to pray. Maybe you need to stop complaining about to other people and start praying. Maybe you need to stop getting counsel for so many people and once you get on your knees and start praying to the one that knows the answer. Because Daniel knew that pressure was all around, so he didn't have to go to somebody to validate the pressure. He went to the one that knew where the pressure was coming from. He knew that he, that he served the God that would never leave him nor forsake him. He knew that he served the God that, that stood closer than a brother. So where did he go? To the source. To the source. See, some of us are asking for so many opinions that we don't even know what the truth is anymore. You go here, oh, you know, and they tell you, uh, they tell you an advice, and then you go to the next person, and they tell you an advice. And then who's the fool in the middle don't know what to do with their life? You? But what do we usually do? We go to the advice of people that really, truly benefits us and not makes us want to change. Maybe I'm just talking to myself here. Let me talk to this side. We usually go to people that will validate us and not really want us to grow. We get around friend circles. Oh, yeah, they, they did talk to you like that. Oh, they did do this to you. And you're like, oh, see, I'm validated from what I feel. Be careful. The only person you need validated is through him. But why don't we go to him? 
because sometimes we don't want to know the answer. Let me go over here now, okay? <laughs> sometimes we don't want to know the answer because deep down inside, we know the answer, but deep down inside, we don't want to do it. But it only comes with pressure, pressure. Pressure in our life should direct us closer to God, not farther away from God. Daniel knew the pressure was coming, so what did he do? He draw closer to God. But what happens to all of us? When pressure comes, oh, I, I, I need to get farther away. We don't do it purposely at times, but at times, when things are going great, we love to come to church. But when things pile up our schedule and pressures come, what is the first thing that probably goes away? Your relationship with Christ. Because I got it all together. Pressures. Romans chapter 8, verse 80, uh, 38 and 39 says, I'm convinced that nothing can separate us from God's love. Neither life nor death, neither angels or demons, neither fears of today nor worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from the love of Christ. So if nothing can separate us from the love of Christ, why do we separate ourselves from the love of Christ when pressure comes? I'll wait. If nothing can separate us from God's love and him pursuing us and our relationship with Jesus, if nothing, it says hell itself can't do it. So why do we do it ourselves? When pressure of life comes, it should draw us nearer to Christ, not farther away. Because you need him more. You need him more. And Daniel knew that when pressure came, this new decree that was trying to entangle me and try to put me in the lion's den and try to put my life to death, what do I do? Get closer to him. Get closer to him. Nothing can separate us. It needs to draw us near. Daniel chapter 6, verse 19. Let's keep on going because I'm talking too much. Then a break of day, and the king rose and, and went at haste. So they threw him in the lion's den. And he came near the den where Daniel was. He cried out in a tone of anguish. The king declared to Daniel, oh, Daniel, servant of the living God. He knew who he, who he knew. He knew what he did. Has your God, whom you serve constantly, it matters people seeing you serving God constantly, been able to deliver you from the lions. Then Daniel said, oh, king. Live forever. My God set an angel to shut the lion's mouth, and they have not harmed me because I was found blameless before him. And also before you, O king, I have done no harm. This is what Daniel said. I love this. This is a drop the mic moment. He said, I, I found blameless in God's eyes and your eyes as well. You know what you did. That was a little, a little hit to the king right there. This is my version of it. God saved me because you were dumb. <laughs> you foolish man. You knew I shouldn't be in this position. Let me ask you this question as, 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 as I transition. Can God trust you with pressure? Can God trust you with pressure? 
God trusted Daniel with pressure. So what did he do? He sent an angel to shut the mouth of the lion. God will put pressure in our lives to see if we can handle the pressure. Because the pressure of now is not going to be the pressure of tomorrow. So if you can't handle it now, what he has for you, you, do you think that greatness is just going to come? You think that the abundance is just going to show up in your life? No, it's pressures in life and how we handle it. Daniel in the lion's den, did it, he didn't deserve it, but God knew that the pressure was put and he shut the mouth of the lions. We need to know that whenever God uses pressure, it's for us to grow in our life pressure. So here's the second thing. He's not only the God of the pressure, but he's also the God of the joy. Come on, Judah. He's a God of pressure, but pressure turns into joy. How do I know? I'll read your Bible. James chapter 1, verse 2 and 18 says, Count it all joy when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and steadfastness has its full effect that you may be perfect, complete, and lacking nothing. Pressure handled the right way in a weird way turns into joy. Oh, somebody needs to know this today. That just because you're in the middle of it, you can still smile. Just because you don't know how to pay that bill, trust me, we're all there. Smile. Have joy. Because God never changes. Some of us need to take this verse and put it everywhere in our house. Count it as joy when trials of various kinds. I don't know about you, but sometimes when trials come, I'm not like, hey, this is a joyous occasion. I just love this season. But what he wants you to know, that he's the God of the pressure, but he's also the God of the joy. That when you get through this trial, when you get through this situation, you can look back and say, only God has got me through this. I can look at it a little different. I can have a little bit of joy in my life because trials do not dictate my future. The God of the joy dictates my future. I might be in the middle of it, but I can count it all as joy because it's not my end. It's only the beginning. I know my God has my first, my middle, and my last. The God of the pressure is the God of the joy. I am joy, have joy and reassurance because I know that I am accepted by him. See, some of us have an adoption problem. We don't think God really wants us. I don't have it all together. He still wants you. See, the Jewish people, they were God's chosen people. But do you know us as Gentiles, we were adopted? You have an adoptive story where God chose the Jewish people, but he brought us in through adoption. And when you, when you hear stories of adoption, 
These kids have different appreciation of what they have. You know why? Because they didn't have it at one point. So God is telling you today to have a different spirit. You were lost at one time, and now you are found. You were in the pits, but now I have saved you. It's time for us to look at our trials and count it all as joy. You need to count it all as joy. You need to count one miracle, two miracles, three miracles. I count it all as joy. If your joy is attached to your feelings, you're not truly living the fullness of God. Because feelings come and go. There's one thing my mom always taught me. Feelings come and feelings go. But when you know who you are in Christ, when you know that he's chosen you, that the thing on the inside of you needs to be have a little pressure for it to come out, you can put your shoulders back and know I am a son, I am a daughter, of a king that his kingdom will last forever. Our, our, our position is heaven bound. There's a heaven, there's a hell. But for those that handle the pressure, for those that count it all as joy, there's a mansion waiting for me in heaven. And there's all joy. This, this world is going to hell in a handbasket. But I'm here to tell you, count it as joy. Eggs are $24. Count it all as joy. Formula is $60. It's all horrible. Count it all as joy. My kids are far away from Christ. Count it all as joy because you know that there's a God that still loves you, a God that still cares for you. You count it as joy. At the end of James, it says like this, blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which is God promised to those who love him. Heaven is our joy. Count it all as joy. Can I remind you today? That God still loves you. That you still the apple of his eye. that the promises that are in his word is still for you today? Because today, our trials are not our end. I can smile through them because I know God has a future for me. Count it as joy. Every head bowed, every eyes closed. He is my joy. He is also the God of the pressure. And when I know that, I can see fully who he is and it pops out in my life there is more of God that we need to learn so we count it as joy thank you again for joining us here at Axios hey to hear more messages just like this go ahead and subscribe to this channel if you want more information about Axios go to axioschurch.com there you can get more information give and connect remember we love you, and we're in this together.